1: in a world where every conversation is about what movie or tv show you've just seen this is never seen it comedians rewriting famous movies and tv shows they've never seen hey everybody this is never seen it this is the podcast where comedians rewrite famous movies and tv shows they've never seen before today Joining us, I'm incredibly excited for you to hear this wonderful, wonderful episode. Having never seen Ghost, is John Ross Bowie. So funny, incredibly talented, hilarious guy, and I I was very excited to have him on the show. Uh, You may know him from Big Bang Theory, Speechless, just great. He's never seen Ghost, he rewrote it, and we read his script. And I know I say this sometimes, but I think he kind of friggin' nailed it. <laughs> I think you probably actually got pretty close to what it is. I don't know. I've also never seen ghosts, but uh John Ross Bowie is on the episode. It's it's a great time. We're joined by Rebecca as well, and always great to have Rebecca. It, it's just this was a wonderful time. I think you're going to love it. um it, it, If you enjoy this, if you enjoy Hollywood and acting and movies and all this sort of stuff, uh John actually hosts a podcast called Household Faces with John Ross Bowie, and it is a podcast where he talks to. Some of Hollywood's most recognizable character actors to talk about iconic roles, stuff that got away, show business, all that sort of stuff. You know me. I, I talk frequently about um, character actors, people who who maybe don't get acting recognition they deserve, things like that. This is great. This sounds like one. I'm excited to check this out even when he was telling me about it. Household Faces with John Ross Bowie. You can get that wherever you listen to podcasts on the Forever Dog Network. Go listen to him talk to uh, character actors uh, all over the place. they so at got uh, Julianne Nicholson from *Mary Easttown, The Outsider, Martha Plimpton. I'm looking at some of the recent guests on here. It, it looks great. And I think you like, Anyways, check it out. But I, I'm excited for you to hear this episode. Thank you for listening. Um, Maybe I'm in like a nice manic upswing of positivity, but I feel very good about a, a lot of things. Household Faces seems great. This is a wonderful episode of the podcast. John Ross Bowie has never seen Ghost, but he rewrote it and we read his script. I think you're going to love it. Thank you for listening. If you are still listening to this intro, thank you for that. Please, please, please go find me on Instagram and Twitter at Kyle Ayers, K-Y-L-E-A-Y-E-R-S. I got some shows on the road coming up. Basically finalized everything. It's been hard. I'm trying to make sure everything that, that, that I'm doing is going to be safe uh, that we're going to be working with with good venues, getting these things set up. Uh, so I got a, a a small run of shows coming up. Kansas City, Chicago, Richmond, Raleigh, Charleston, Myrtle Beach, Wilmington, Asheville, Atlanta. Those are the places. In Chicago and in, in Asheville, we are doing live podcasts. A lot of the ticket links are up. Not all of them are. The best thing you can do, find me at Kyle Ayers, or go to kyleayers.com and sign up for my email thing, and I'll post about there. I would please, Chicago, I would, that th- that one is available. Please grab tickets to that. I'm doing stand-up and a live podcast. You can come both cheap. Please come. Um, the Chicago show is going to be September 30th and August 1st. The Kansas City show is going to be September 23rd. I'm telling you in the wrong order. Thursday, September 23rd in Kansas City thursday september 30th and friday october 1st in chicago then we're looking at monday october 25th through saturday october 30th for various that's going to be looking at your Asheville, wilmington myrtle beach charleston richmond raleigh and then atlanta i'll be at the red clay comedy festival the 5th through 7th of november so end of october early november we're looking at most of them kansas city and chicago late september please i would love it if you guys made it out, that would, that would make me feel wonderful. There's going to be a lot of new jokes. Hoping I figure out how to do this stuff still. Um, Kylairs.com, the ticket links that are available will be up there. At Kylairs on Instagram and Twitter is the best place to find me there. Uh, for when I post the new ticket links. But I'm going to be... All that is going to be happening very shortly. Um, and that'll be great. A couple live podcasts. I can't believe it. Some stand-up. I can't believe it. Uh, I'm excited. I, I am, and, and I hope. Please come. Tell friends to come. Jeb Bush, please clap. Uh, thank you. Enjoy this episode. I don't want to keep going on any longer than the 45 minutes I probably already have. Thank you for listening. This is John Ross. Bowie has never seen Ghost. Please enjoy the script. I'm done saying please, and I'm done. But I, I do, I'm not done. Thank you for listening. This is Never Seen It, everybody. This is the podcast where I have comedians rewrite famous movies they have never seen before. Today, joining us for the first time ever, having never seen Ghost, is John Ross Bowie. Thank you for being here very much. I'm so glad to be here, Kyle. Thanks for having me. Um, So Ghost, also a movie I have not seen. Also joining us once again is Rebecca Steinberg, who I'm not sure if she's seen Ghost before.
2: I think I've seen half of Ghost. (laughs) Ghost.
1: interesting half of it <laughs>
2: i think i've seen <laughs> half of ghost
1: okay what
0: um what what uh uh is there a point where you were like nah I'm not doing no,
2: this no i i think it was like i think i was just younger and it was just on tv and i was just like wasn't paying attention it was just on and then i just like moved on with my life so i don't really remember much okay. i remember a couple scenes but that's pretty much it <laughs>
1: I, I, so I like to look up a little bit of like uh, movie information, especially if I'm not familiar. Well, that, duh. I like, I like to look up movie information, especially when I'm really familiar, so I feel good about knowing it already. Sure. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite things is to see what people look up about the movie. And Ghost, which is uh, is Ghost, based on a true story, um, and then is the movie Ghost sad? And how sad is the movie Ghost? What was ha- <laughs> this? Is like there's very usually it's like is it gory? Is there sex? You know what I mean? Right? People yeah. Don't know if they parental concern. But this that is people m- have multiple SEO hits for how sad is Ghost? I I, I know wouldn't so know. Little. I know so little. Where did you know any? Well, I guess we might find out what you know about it.
0: I, I knew enough from having seen the trailer. Um, and there's parts of ghosts that are sort of in the nomenclature um, over the past 30 years, just sort of in the in the discourse. And I remember there being a lot of controversy that particular year because it was this kind of fluffy Patrick Swayze movie that was nominated for Best Picture. And now that controversy got drowned out by Dances with Wolves beating Goodfellas. Okay. which was, you know, like the big shit show that year yeah. that Costner beats Scorsese for an Oscar and um, mm-hmm. 10 years after Braging Bull or whatever. And and that drowned out the fact that Ghost was nominated for Best Picture. And I think, the- and uh, yeah, Whoopi won. Whoopi Goldberg won Best Sporting Actress that year. Um, and I'm looking at the nominees that year. Ghost is the only one of them that I've not seen. And I saw all of them in the theater. So I don't know what was up my. I mean, I
2: know what was up my ass, but why didn't you want to see this movie?
0: (laughs) I was just being a douchey little film (laughs) star. I always
1: wonder about, like, so where where were you in your life? And this came out in 1990. What was happening um, with you in 19? I'm looking 1990 is an interesting year. College
0: sophomore, taking my first film class, uh, which is called Film Aesthetics and Analysis. I am insufferable. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot imagine how mad you were that Goodfellas lost. I had um, uh, horn. I had um, wire rim glasses and a ponytail, and um, uh, <laughs> I am just one
1: fucking walking red flag. I am just you head had, to toe. Like, it's ten years guy. early, but you have a Fight Club poster hung up I in your dorm just have in a case. Fucking fight
0: Club poster <laughs> ten years early, um, and 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 what's worse is that I'm not like I don't really have the goods to back up this. Film snobbery, mind you. You know, I'm not out there like you know, just hunting the video stores for Fassbender. I did see Penny Marshall's Awakenings came out the same year, also nominated for Best Picture. Um, you know, I'm I'm not. Um, just seen things with subtitles but ghost struck me as a bridge too far I had not seen dirty dancing either I have since seen dirty dancing but dirty dancing was like this incredible phenomenon when I was in high school i'm 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 aging myself here but um and I I I just did not see the appeal in Patrick Swayze uh, I already knew his haircut wasn't going to age well I I just the whole thing just looked really treakly. Um, and and silly, and I, I was not about it. Um, and I think after this, this podcast, I am gonna have to hunker down and watch it just to see how close I came. But mm-hmm. given that it's been 30 years since the, it came out, there's all sorts of little cultural touchstones. And I remember like, oh, there's this thing in the movie that's a big deal, right? Um, I, I think I got a lot of the plot points down more or less. Okay. But I don't know what anyone's like anyone's name is, so I, I just called them by the actor's name <laughs> That's in the okay. script.
1: I like when movies do that when and then you think it's maybe because the actor doesn't fully understand how writing works and you're like, I think we've just sort of given them their first name in this. Or like sometimes comedies just sort of give let people keep their first names or something. Yeah. But I think it's a you know. I don't uh I don't know why Tom Cruise characters have names in movies anymore. They're oh, all, yeah. like, they all are sort of like if you put Tom Cruise through a translator and then back to English, it looks like something else it would spit out. I, I, have seen all the Mission Impossible films, and they all mm-hmm. star the character Tom Cruise. Right. I don't know who that guy is. The Jack Reacher movies star Tom Cruise. That's yeah, even, honestly, yeah,
0: he can have a goddamn. Pr- uh, you know, I, I, I'm assuming he's also the Rain Man. Um, I, I, I don't, um, I, I don't.
1: He's Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise lawyer, Tom Cruise, uh, motivational speaker, uh, Tom Cruise agent in weird makeup. He's all of them. Yeah. But if he sticks with it, I think he's still got a shot. Uh, well let's do the script and then we'll talk a little bit more about ghosts. Cause I don't want to start talking about plot points before the uh, scripted out thing. You can cast it however you'd like. And, um, yeah. And then we'll, we'll, we'll do it generally have the person who wrote it do the, uh, directions. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Well,
0: I guess, Kyle, I'd I'd love for you to play Patrick. Okay. Um, Rebecca, if you're comfortable doing Demi and Whoopi. Sure. Okay. And um, that leaves me with um, Stage Directions and Mugger. Great. Okay. I think that's everything. I should do one of those uh, reports that Final Draft lets you do. No, we're good. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. Interior... Well, Ghost, written by John Ross Bowie. Interior, enormous Manhattan apartment day, the early 90s. Patrick Swayze, 30s, is wearing acid wash jeans and working on his pottery. Demi Moore, 20s, pixie cut, enters.
2: Pottery looks great, honey.
1: Thank you. Pottery is my life. Balls, jugs, ashtrays.
2: I know, it's it's really just incredible.
1: Chafing dishes.
2: Hey, I've been wondering, what's the difference between pottery and ceramics? I'm
1: glad you asked. There isn't There isn't one. The word ceramic derives from Greek, which translates as of pottery or for pottery.
2: Thank you for explaining that. In no way did that sound like it was hastily cut and pasted off the internet.
1: It's 1991. I love you. Ditto.
2: <sighs> that feels like something we should address as a couple, but... Oh, it can wait. We have all the time in the world.
0: Exterior. Dicey alleyway in the city. Night. Uh, I do love a shortcut. Hey, you stick them up. <laughs> oh, look a mugger. Give me all your pottery secrets and your ceramic secrets.
1: <laughs> How weird. This keeps coming up. Bang! Oh, thud. Oh. Oh no, it looks like I'm I'm dead. Because I'm outside myself, looking at my dead body. So, is there like a heaven situation or? Enter Whoopi.
2: Look, a dead white guy. How can I help?
1: Oh, you can see me.
2: Sure, I can. I'm Psychic Whoopi Goldberg, and I was just out shopping for kaftans.
1: <laughs> you have to help me fuck my wife again. Oh, uh. Super <laughs> urgent.
2: You don't. You don't want to solve your own murder?
1: No, no. That was just some bullshit about pottery.
2: I just feel like, I mean, I don't want to tell you how to live your life.
1: <laughs> live my life. I mean, <laughs>
2: <K-L-P>. <laughs> all right, let me see what I can do.
0: Interior, enormous Manhattan apartment the next day. Knock, knock, knock.
2: Can you come back? I'm grieving. I have Patrick here with me.
0: Door opens.
2: He's alive. Hmm. Oh, God, no, I should have been clearer. That's on me. He's a ghost. I wish he was alive.
1: Yeah. Ditto.
2: He says, yeah, ditto. (laughs) Oh my God. You do have Patrick here with you. So ditto was like a thing between you two. Yeah. I would say I love you. And he would say ditto. That sounds like a big issue. (laughs) It was, I mean, I wouldn't hinge a whole feature script on it.
1: No, no. There's just uh, not a lot of
2: there, there. But yeah, it does sound like something you guys should have addressed like grown ups when you had the chance. Anywho, Patrick wants to get his fuck on. He he doesn't want to solve his own murder, you would think, but well, okay, come on in.
0: Music cue, Time of My Life by Bill Medley <laughs> and Jennifer Withers.
2: Oh, okay. So I guess, I guess uh, my work here is, I mean, it seems like you guys, wow, it seems like you guys are going to fend for yourselves. So I should... I should really get these caftans home. Oh, damn. Gah! Oh, yes. What the fuck? (laughs) That's ectoplasm, baby.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Totally, totally, totally ectoplasm.
2: What the fuck is ectoplasm? Oh, it's a supernatural viscous (laughs) substance that's supposed to exude from the body of a medium during a spiritualistic trance and form the material for the manifestation of spirits. Thanks for explaining that. In no way does it sound like it was hastily copied and pasted from the internet. It's 1991.
0: Sound effects. Heaven sounds.
2: Oh,
1: I'm going to heaven.
2: I love you, Patrick Swayze. Ditto. Are you fucking kidding me? This. Wow. Just wow.
0: <laughs> that's that's the gist, right? Like I'm pretty close.
2: <laughs> I think you're right. Spot on. Think it's like
1: there's. <laughs> He's I know
0: prob- d- 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 yeah, yeah, that was like because there's like a the thing with the pottery and like that's a whole big
1: like that was in the trailer.
2: It honestly, but- I feel like you're really close. I think
1: that you probably nailed the um, emotional balance of the relationship, which generally yeah. was that might even be closer than he got to any woman in any movie he was in. Like that might right. have been a more uh, uh, emotionally taxing relationship. relationship well, uh, just because it's else. a jokey podcast
0: doesn't mean I can't bring some depth to
1: it, Kyle. Right. <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, I mean, I think about other movie. You know, he's like, like Roadhouse is one of my favorite movies. How have you ever seen Roadhouse? It's I'm good. Trying
0: to think how many? You know, yeah i I've seen Dirty Dancing. What are the other Patrick Swayze? God, if I, I've only seen parts of Point Break. I haven't seen all of Point Break. I know there's like surfing bank robbers, which seems incredibly inefficient and like terrible way to <laughs> get away. It, it definitely all is. Um. <laughs> I mean, the, if there's a bank on a pier, I guess you're right as rain. But the rest, of, I don't know how you would. Yeah,
1: mm. I'm trying to think. What are the other uh, real big important? Sw- I mean, those are those, you've hit most of the biggest biggest. Ones. Oh, I've seen Red Dawn. Red Dawn, yeah. Red Dawn might be. It's funny.
0: I don't. Um, excuse me. I don't have. Um, Guilty pleasures, per se. I really just kind of, I've just gotten to an age where I like what I like, and and you know you can make fun of me if you need to, and I don't. I probably won't blame you in some cases. Red Dawn, by being such reactionary, crazy Reaganite horseshit, might actually be a guilty <laughs> pleasure because that movie is so wrongheaded on every front, but is so entertaining mm-hmm. that I, I I do feel a fair amount of of genuine. Guilt, Not the kind of like, like I, I every every Christmas we watch Love Actually every Christmas. I tear up at the end. I'm done apologizing. I don't care. Um, uh, I um, I tear up during uh, uh, the end of Scrooged. Uh, um, I've got all sorts of, of movies that uh, uh, maybe I'm not supposed to like, but I do. Um, Red Dawn just feels so like such a force of political malevolence. That I I really should not enjoy that movie, but it's well paced. It's exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, you know the cast is incredibly appealing. Uh, you know, running off into the woods with some Cheerios and rifles to uh, defend us against Cuba. <laughs> sure,
1: uh, that's I read Dawn. I saw af- Roadhouse was the first Swayze. No, maybe Point Break. But I I saw Roadhouse because it was in Missouri, and I was very excited for movies that took—I'm from Missouri, and I got very excited for movies that take place in Missouri. Everyone's like, this is the best—and it—this is a weird thing. It probably is the best movie that takes place in Missouri, and I don't mean the coolest movie or the most fun—that's just how few actual good movies have ever taken place there.
0: You know what you can claim a movie that takes place elsewhere but was shot in St. Louis is Escape from New York. Okay, Oh, I didn't know that. That is not Manhattan by a damn sight. Um uh and the 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 uh Central Park is Forest Park. Um and because there's no hills like that in Central Park, you're like, "Wait a second, what the fuck is going on there?" Um but I'm from New York, you're from Missouri. We will bond on this for a moment. Yeah. Um they actually shared uh, an urban designer, Forest Park and Central Park. They they had like the same guys put together those moments of little urban uh, retreat. Um, so they shot Escape from New York in St. Louis.
1: Okay, well, in like sort of the shittier parts of it, and so then it was uh, just about the crew. Yeah, literally I guess escaping so. New York and having something to do. Yeah, well, I feel bad that they had to spend all that time in St. Louis. Where are you? uh, Where are you from in in Missouri? Like outside Kansas City. Okay. uh, I'm. There's not really. You know. Can it be a rivalry if neither of them matter? That's sort of a thing you have to come to sometimes. Like (laughs) it's a huge rivalry between those things that we all think about. Like uh, I. uh, But Roadhouse. I have wrote. It's actually. Anyways, I don't even remember where I was going. Talking about Swayze movies I've seen, and then Point Break I think was real good, and is like a fun movie. And Red Dawn is sort of. There was that era of really, really well, I guess it hasn't ended. Really well made uh military propaganda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like a, movies that made they just put all their efforts into commercials to join the army now. But Red Dawn is one of those like uh if it was it, it almost was like how superhero movies are paced now type of thing. Where yeah. it's just sort of assemble this, get go do this, but it is very good and very watchable and fun.
0: Top gun um allegedly at the time, I remember reading that there it led to a spike in Navy enlistment. For really? um, sure. I mean, I yeah. would, that
1: would not surprise me at like all. A,
0: a marked spike in Navy enlistment. One of the um, things
1: that freaks me out is uh, you, before movies and stuff, you'll see if you go to a theater and it's been a long time since I've been. But you see like there's a lot of Army ads uh-huh. and a lot of and they're all like make them they make like the army look like iron man and doctor strange and they're doing like crazy hand it's like what's your superpower going to be it's like well none of that taxpayers i don't understand like, it's very much but they they just seem to shift their marketing around whatever is like hyper popular at the time and um, if i see a movie during
0: the day and i see a uh, an army ad i'm always like oh man I look around like, who's this hitting? Who's this gonna hit here? <laughs> who's the other unemployed slob who, right. like, you know, is is still like of age and has good knees and good eyes? And because yeah. I was
1: never, never gonna be a. I, was, <laughs> I don't remember the last time I saw a movie with anyone who could do twenty push-ups. Because so, <laughs> it's usually one p.m. most of, most of the time when I was seeing. Well, there was like the Movie Pass era where I was just going to movies because they had air conditioning, and you're just like, I don't care. I don't know what that's. I've never heard of that. I'll see it. Oh, Jackie Chan is in this or like something wild like that.
0: Or you'll go see like the second and third of a horror franchise that you're not familiar with. <laughs> never saw the first one. Never yeah. heard about yeah. it at all.
1: Pre, in, in the
0: days before Movie Pass, I saw Phantasm 2 because, uh, twice because it had air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot to like about Phantasm 2, oh. but it was very, uh, uh, that was a full price thing too. That wasn't movie price. I think I probably got like matinee pricing somewhere in like Lower East Side or something.
1: There'll be a time when you have to explain movie pass to people when there are barely movie theaters left. Oh, God. Uh, uh, And so, uh, you know, like uh, I I think about like my nephew who is two. He'll be like 17 and I'll be like, you know, you used to see as many movies as you wanted for $10 a month and no one thought it would go out of business. (laughs) I think, I, think every, I think the thing is, is
2: everyone thought it was going to go out of business. I feel, like every, I feel like every time I use MoviePass, <laughs> I, every time I use MoviePass, I would be like, I can't believe I'm getting away with this.
0: Is it you AMC bringing it something like that back though?
2: Yeah, AMC has a similar thing. It's like less movies. But, I think and that also... yeah.
1: MoviePass really wanted to sell your data, but we were giving them very inaccurate data. That's not how I saw movies because I went to all of them. That doesn't okay. show anything I like. They're like, "Oh, it looks like everyone likes every movie ever made."
2: <laughs> no, I just like just, leaving my house. For I just,
1: I hate my apartment. Well,
0: Dolph Lundgren still can open a movie. No, we <laughs> can't. So no, we he he can't, dude. No, he, wild, no, that's, that's wild not,
1: statistics about everything. That's not how
0: anything works.
1: <laughs>
0: oh Dolph man. I should be picking on Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> He'll be okay. <laughs>
1: goodfellas got such a weird so goodfellas i think clearly the movie that people probably think of the most from 1990 and yeah. especially from like oscar nominated sort of movies mm-hmm. um well and we'll talk a lot on here about generally every year a different movie is remembered more than the one that wins best picture oh yeah
0: yeah um, yeah. yeah there's a million uh how green was my valleys out there yeah. uh <laughs> um uh, but you, which which i imagine have... that this this is the audience that that gets that um but it's always <laughs> really interesting like how how just time is really kind to a movie in the moment and then when it falls out of favor it falls horribly out of favor
1: right but sometimes you know what's happening while it happens sometimes you look back and and you're like well dances i wasn't you know um really paying i I was too young to be like what's the impact of dances with wolves but sometimes these movies seem like the right thing and then you look back and you see goodfellas was not this is the weirdest that maybe not true but this is so weird and why there might not be a case for nominating eight movies is because mm-hmm. in 1991, the Oscars for the 1990 year, there were five movies nominated and one was the third Godfather. And then another was Ghost and another was Awakenings and Dances with Wolves and Goodfellas. And that's crazy.
0: That well, Godfather so, like, got grandfathered
1: in, I think. Godfather was like, we got to nominate the Godfather. They movie. just had mm-hmm. enough of like the placards and engraving things already done for the first two that they're like, we can save a lot of money. Precisely. Yeah. I mean,
0: I really think that... um Um, And I I will also say that Godfather 3 is not quite as bad as history paints it. It's Sofia Coppola is a liability, no question. But there's some interesting stuff in there, and it goes very deep into like Vatican corruption. And um, uh, Andy Garcia is great in it. Joe Joe Mantegna is great in it. Pacino is great in it. There's a ton of good performances throughout. Um, but it's just you know it's standing in the shadow of the first two. Yeah. Um, and I think if it was just a standalone movie about some old mafia don, we might be a little more forgiving. But given its its heritage, we're like sure uh, this is. Sort of a disappointing grandson here
1: <laughs> yeah okay that that would make sense this is such a i'm even looking at the i had no idea that pretty woman was that old of a movie i uh for some reason thought it came out in like 1998 or something but this is a weird year of movies that no one really talks about anymore i don't yeah, know yeah it's true there's it's a true yeah I don't think ever about Metropolitan. I don't think ever about Avalon. There's a lot of Woody Allen's name in here. I think about Mm -hmm. too often, unfortunately. Sure. Uh, But there's just... And then just another thing Meryl Streep got nominated for that I've never even heard of. It's all over the place. That's a very weird year. Um, Maybe I was just not paying that much attention. I don't know. But also, it feels like a giant miss. Uh, Postcards from the the Edge is the adaptation of
0: Carrie Fisher's um, uh, biography... Autobiography. Oh, Okay. So Meryl Streep plays Carrie Fisher, and Shirley McLean plays Debbie Reynolds. Essentially. Oh, cool. um, that okay. sounds it's a wa- awesome. It, it's wild. Wa- <laughs> yeah, really it's, good. it's really <laughs> interesting. It's it's it stinks to high heaven of of eighties, and the shoulder pads are going to be a little distracting. But it's um, there's good jokes. It there's also sounds
1: exactly like Carrie Fisher just, and I know. It seems it's something that it's not even really it's not like a Hollywood secret, but it's a thing I think a lot of people listening might not know. Just kind of wrote so much and was yeah. involved so much more and is uh, uh, sort of a career standing in the shadow of one of the 10 most famous characters of a century. Do you know what I mean? And so it's a absolutely. Hard thing to be yeah, like, no. But she was, she was the go to punch up yeah. lady
0: for the last 20 years, 25 years of her life. She would step in and bring in zingers to uh, scripts that she didn't have her name on at all.
1: Yeah, Um, and she was she
0: was famous for that. Yeah,
1: and now I think Disney is having a hologram do the same thing. I think so. so Yeah,
0: just do Um, punch ups,
1: which is better than having
0: Peter Cushing hologram do it, I guess. But. (laughs)
1: The description you gave of that postcards from the edge sounded like a mad lib was coming together. It almost sounded like <laughs> if you took a different take on this podcast, like, well, I, I, I know. Meryl Street plays Carrie Fisher in a funny movie. You're like, what is plays Carrie Fisher? Okay. Basically, yeah. Um Yeah, yeah
0: it's it was a weird year. Um, I'm I'm looking again. I would have watched these Oscars live mm-hmm. um in somebody's dorm room at Ithaca. Um I uh yeah, this this supporting actor uh, category, um, Andy Garcia, Bruce Davison from longtime companion, which is a, a, is a actually a really great drama that is never talked about anymore. And he is fantastic in that Pacino and Dick Tracy. That was part of his losing streak, which he didn't break for another couple of years uh, with Scent of a Woman. Um, yeah, it was a fascinating fucking year for movies. It really was.
1: I will generally, if I know nothing about a year's. Uh, 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 a, a, Academy Awards. I will start in the supporting actor and supporting actress categories for things I think I'll like. That's just sort of always worked out for me because I think those are always more fun, okay. a little bit less uh um I think that I think the generally the best performances I see are usually those because oftentimes best actor best actress is who did a good impression and uh or who played the the the, the most weight not like physical weight, but like who carried this gravitas. But I, right. I generally seem to like the supporting roles a little. I mean, it, this is a good year for that exact example. Well, with Pacino Pesci. is is really I mean, it is a
0: huge fucking performance in Dick Tracy. And it's it's crazy that he um, uh, it's crazy that he was up for that, but not for Godfather three um, yeah, it's bonkers. It's a crazy year. It was a crazy fucking year. Yeah. Um, um, but it was a, it's a broadly comedic performance, his work in Dick Tracy, and those always get shafted by the Oscars. Um, anyway, so for him to even be nominated was this sort of weird thing of like, well, it's Pacino, but he's under a ton of prosthetics. Um, but it's also really broad and silly. Um, yeah, that's...
1: I'm uh, looking at a picture of him, and this is actually... It looks like <laughs> I don't know if you watch I Think You Should Leave, that Tim Robinson yeah. sketch show. I've seen Dick parts Tracy of it. Yeah. Or, or him as uh Al Pacino as was his big boy Caprice. Mm-hmm. Looks like Tim Robinson in those prosthetics in the fake prank show sketch from his oh sketch. These prosthetics oh god, are right. where he says he doesn't want to be around anymore. Uh, that's, right, what, yeah. right. that's what that's yeah. what he looks like in these oh things. Oh my god, you're absolutely this right. isn't this is it's it would probably look fine if I didn't know it was Al Pacino, but the eyes are so like just wild and specific that it's like making me laugh.
0: Dude, <laughs> it's, it's so hard to explain how weird Dick Tracy was. It was hugely hyped even though like Dick Tracy wasn't a thing we were talking about. It wasn't like, it wasn't part of like a, a, a cinematic universe. It yeah. was a, it it's was, not Iron Man. Yeah. Or- it was, it was, it was a, a, a three or four panel strip that uh, the New York post carried. It was not, you know, a hugely popular thing, but Warren Beatty for some reason was like, this is my dream project. <laughs> and it's all like weird, bright primary colors. And uh, Glenn Headley and Madonna are the twin romantic leads. Dustin Hoffman has a very small role that he's not even billed at. It's just, it's 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 trippy. And I've seen chunks of it. I saw it when it first came out, and I've seen chunks of it recently. And it was weird at the time, and it's weird now. It's just you just kind of sit there and you're like, who's. You know, not to borrow another uh, another podcast uh, shtick, but seriously, how the fuck did this get made? I don't like like (laughs) I understand that Beatty was was a was a powerhouse and he had won an Oscar. You know, he'd gotten a bunch of Oscars 10 years earlier for Reds. But that was, you know, 10 years is a long time in Hollywood. And the fact that he just got this thing done and, you know, directed, co-wrote, starred. It's just bizarre. Dick
1: Tracy's a weird fucking movie. I'm so I really fascinated. want to watch yeah.
2: this now. I've never seen it.
1: This, so this character has its own Wikipedia page and it has a list of abilities and it's one ability and it says criminal mastermind. And I just don't know why that even needs to be a section of the Shh. Wikipedia. If you, yeah. if you have one ability and it's not really an ability, it's more of a thing that happens I don't know why it needs to be in there. The picture is absolutely wild. I do want to watch this movie now, though. I'm so I'm other, at,
0: but from that year, okay, so from that year, you've got um, what else is, is going on? This is on like that a testament
1: year? to the five is enough best picture thing. Even though when they were doing five towards the end of it, I got mad every year that something wasn't nominated. And right, I always get right. mad every year when something isn't nominated. But then I look at this and I'm just like, did we need all these in here? But then they also gave it to the wrong one. I don't know. Maybe I put too much stock in this. Uh, the okay, Grifters
0: is really fun. The Grifters is a really good uh, con artist movie with uh, John Cusack and Angelica Houston with a a, a gnarly fucking ending. Um, yeah. Reversal of Fortune is underrated or is, is overrated. I thought it was overrated at the time. But Avalon is sweet. Avalon is a neat movie. That's um, Barry Levinson, part of his uh, Baltimore series. It is such
1: a, these movies, and this sounds, these movies literally all feel like 1990. Every single one of them, the title, uh, the plot, all Mm -hmm. of it feels exactly like, and I know it, it is when they came out, but every single one of them feels exactly like that.
0: You, yeah, you were 100 right. You were 100 percent correct. Yeah, well, Billy for... Crystal
1: hosted the Oscars that year, so I'm sure my mom and, and dad watched. They never watch a single movie, and they love Billy Crystal, and they, that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, okay, Ghost. Ghost one. Oh,
0: Ghost one for best screenplay. Ghost one for best screenplay. Oh,
2: okay. So wow. not just not just what B won.
1: <laughs> Ghost won for best fucking screenplay. I mean, That's but now looking bonkers. back, isn't it nice that Woody Allen didn't have another Oscar? Don't we yeah. feel good about that? Anything that can rob him, and don't get me started on Wit Stillman. I don't know who that is.
0: <laughs> I don't I know who that is. I don't want to. You know, I saw know Metropolitan. That same thing. I loved it the year it came out. I haven't seen it since. I would be fascinated if. Metropolitan is um, white privilege. The movie, um, and it's it's like these six or seven. Super high society uh, kids in New York in the eighties, um, but it's not like it's not like a less than zero decadence thing. They're just really rich and really bored, and um, and they have very very long conversations. And I I dug it at the time, but I have no idea if it holds up at all. I'd be fascinated. That's to, the kind
1: of movie that if I saw that when I was nineteen years old, I would have. I'd be like, that, that's how movies should be. That's what I want from them. And I still like movies when they do that.
0: Well, I was flattering myself that I liked things that were, you know, talky and ponderous. You know, it was, it was again, it's, remember, wire rim glasses and a ponytail. I can't make that clear (laughs) enough.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's, I was very similar. I, I had a, a film, I got a film studies degree in college. And so a lot of, I never saw the movies most people saw from the times. I saw like, okay, I have seen, Uh, the 400 blows seven times I have seen like, you know what I mean? It's like, I have this breathless poster. I've done like, like the literal, like academic stuff, except I've never seen the Godfather movies. Somehow it's missed, but I I, kind of lived in the academic films and then missed all of the other stuff. And then thought Inception was the only movie ever made. And then graduate. You know what I mean? It's like very much in that. And now I'm making my way back through and being like, you know what's actually good? The Rock. You know what's actually good? Point break. You know what I actually like? The ones that make me happy. Not the ones where I'm kind of uh, tensed, like holding my shoulders up the entire time. I, w- I want the movies. It's okay for me to like the movie that I enjoy. The Rock is entertaining. The Rock is a so
0: very great. entertaining film. It's so great. The Rock is a very, very entertaining film. And there was for a while. People think I'm making this up. There was for a while a Criterion Collection edition of The Rock. It is out of print, but my hand to God, Criterion Collection saw fit to put that Nicolas Cage action movie out with all like the Criterion Collection
1: trappings. And they're um, right. And
0: they're right. It's a goddamn delight. That what movie. makes the it's beautifully movie good? Shot. I like it all looks the
1: performances. It fucking great. And I would watch it three times. I'm. Uh, there used to be a time where all my favorite movies were movies that were good that I would never watch twice, and I don't want to go back to that. But those are like, you know what I mean? The movie where you're like, it it does it takes you through this gamut. It is undeniably incredible, and you would never put it back on because yeah. you don't want to go through that again. And there's a very good place for big, epic, emotional stories like that. But I would much rather. Um, watch... Uh, What's a there. movie that you love that you can never...
0: That you just... That's a great film. Never again. Not doing I, it.
1: I Like, the example I think people have, like, Requiem for a Dream kind yes. of, like, emotionally wrecked me, and I will never even look at the DVD title sequence again because then it takes you right back to how horrific you felt the entire time. Specifically, um, the old woman with her prescription medication. That storyline made me... Oh, Ellen Burstyn, yeah. Yes, yeah. So uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. That
0: is in, I think top 5 masterpieces that people will sit through once um it's um uh it's so brutal and around that same time came Lars von Trier's Dancer in the Dark That,
2: that was my answer. Was that your
0: answer? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. They're from I like can't, with- I can't I can't do it again. I can't no. Do why, that. I why would you?
0: Why would you? Because it takes care of Rebecca.
2: It was really psychologically damaging for me.
0: It's watch, transporting, but it's and incredible. Daring, and it is anchored <laughs> by an incredible surprise performance. And I am never fucking sitting through that again. I'm never. And watching from it again. a couple years before that, there's a magnificent Canadian film called The Sweet Hereafter. Yup. <laughs> I I actually I, I interviewed one of the one of the stars at Sweet Hereafter for for my podcast, and. I, it was so funny because I was like, how do you, so Sweeter After, if you haven't seen it, a, uh, a, a school bus crashes into a frozen lake and basically wipes out one generation of a small Canadian town. That just, there's like a bus full of dead kids. There's the bus driver and one girl survives, but she's paralyzed. And uh, Sarah Polly is that, is the, uh, and it's an amazing cast, Ian Holm, uh, Bruce Greenwood, who, who I interviewed. And I was talking to Bruce Greenwood and I was like, how, do you do a film like that? And like, how do you sleep during it? You're on location. He was like, yeah, it was a gig, you know, we did, we did a couple of weeks there and uh, kind of was able to leave it. I was like, all right, well, good, fantastic. That would, I would have absolutely done that film and then drank myself to death, but okay, you're more together than I am. Good for you. Um, it is, but it's, it's beautifully made. I recommend it all the time. It's, it's, um It's deliberately paced and it plays with time and the performances are just exactly what is needed for such a shattering story. And there's not a chance in
1: hell I'm going to sit through it again. I think that it's not always even necessarily a movie that like 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 Midsummer, a movie that I really loved. I think I could watch again knowing when to look away Mm because there's a few like very graphic things, but it's not always the graphic. Sometimes there's a tone that not sad not distraught not upset about um anything but it's like a movie i love like i love everything i've seen um yorgos lanthimos makes uh, and i love the, the favorite, lobster, the lobster yeah, and the i lobster. love and yeah. the, fa- the favorite i'd watch 50 times because that's, i think it's incredible only one, that's the only one and, that's not
2: going to like but like the like lobster really and, up and up the, the killing of the, net,
1: the yeah. sacred deer are movies that make me feel <sighs> such a specific way that i am so happy i did once would never and would not want to do again
2: it's funny that the- it's funny that you mentioned Sarah Polly, the sweet hair after, because Sarah Pauly directed a movie that I saw in theaters when it came out that I also can't watch again. Which oh, that's is, the
0: Julie Christie has dementia uh, movie. Oh,
2: away from her. Yeah. I can't that's do it. that. I can't do that again. I hear I can't it's do brutal, it again. Yeah. I can't. Anything, Anything really anything hard. With dementia Alzheimer's like it's the same thing with like Dancer in the Dark, where there's something that's like a medical thing out of someone's control, and you just watch them get worse yeah. and worse and worse. And then everything is just.
1: It's really, really done. Hard.
2: Like, I can't, I cannot do it again. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, um, You just, you know, your limits, you know, that's fine. You just have to have to, after a certain point, know your limits. I'm glad I
2: saw it. I'm glad I saw all the, all the things that I've seen that I don't want to watch Everything i just
0: mentioned. I'm so
2: glad I saw it. (laughs) Yeah. And they like, really, they really like, uh, yeah, I don't regret a single second of having seen those things, but I I, I just can't do it again.
1: (laughs) I like crying. And I love yeah. how I feel while it's happening. And I oh, feel yeah. and The, the films I just mentioned don't even make me cry.
0: They just kind of shatter me. It just yeah. makes you me know? feel sick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 this... I don't cry at the end of Dancer in the Dark. I just kind of crawled out of the theater <laughs> on my hands and knees. It was like, I was like right off Union Square. I just kind of Those are always out. The, the things like, oh. where it's like,
1: oh, you see this around other people. And then you have to like walk outside and remember that you're like next to a Fast and the Furious cardboard cutout with another person that you just shared this experience with. Yeah. You know, well, time just, to Holiday parking. uh,
2: I watched that. I watched that at home on, it was like on IFC. I I watched it like, I think I was 14. And I like, it was like the middle of the day on like a Saturday. And I like Mm. had it on. And I knew about it because I knew that one of my cousins had gone to see it and walked out of the theater, like couldn't sit through it because she was, it was so disturbing. And I was like, Oh, but I love Bjork. Like, I'm a big. Yeah, so at the time, I was like, I, yeah, I fucking love, I fuck with Bjork. Like, I watched the movie and I just, like, at, when it was over, I just turned it off and I kind of just sat there and I was just, like, kind of like, um, now what? Like, I just, I couldn't sleep <laughs> yeah. for like a month.
0: Yeah. It's funny. She, she couldn't make it. It's crazy to think that uh, she, she got freaked out halfway into the movie because the movie's weird and, and off putting no matter Mm. what, but Mm. it doesn't really shatter you until the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, I mean, I, that's also, I think you can put most Lars von Trier. I don't think I've seen a single Lars von Trier movie more than once. I saw breaking the waves, uh, Mm. in the, in the theater, awful, terrible, ridiculous (laughs) ending, very well made. Never again. Thank you. Hard pass. Um, Dogville is the mm. Nicole Kidman goes to the Brecht town mm-hmm. with the chalk drawings. On, that's Dogville, right? Yeah,
2: I think so. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's fine. Okay, great. Boy, that's really well. Look <laughs> at all these, uh, these phenomenal
1: performances left and right. I'm done. I remember um, the yeah, first uh, time.
0: Is just audience torture, man. I, uh,
1: I the first time yeah. so f- a friend of mine, uh, what was it? There's Antichrist, Melancholia, and Nymphomaniac.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: a friend of mine told me that those are like in the that's like his uh, depression trilogy, and I'm like, now it sounds like that's just like a you can't be that on the nose with the name of a trilogy. You know what I mean? You can. Like, can we come up with some something else like the uh, long word trilogy or just something that makes me feel? Maybe they're just three movies, uh, but they were oh, like. So- oh,
0: yeah, I, I I reject the uh, the suggestion that it's only a trilogy. I'm <laughs> right. absolutely. Uh, that's that's, Sorry, that's the, just come just about the depression. depression
1: career. Yeah, this is
0: his depression resume. I'm not. Uh, yeah, th- this this nonsense about it being. I love Picasso's
1: films. art period. Yeah, Nicolette I feels like it should be covering more.
0: I I yeah. I mean, I don't. It's not like I, I skip gaily out of Breaking the Waves for fuck's sake. I don't like when Udo Kier is the least fucked up thing to happen in a movie. You're like, oh hey, yikes. Um, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm. I'm not down with that. I don't. I don't fuck with Fonterra.
1: I'm done. I have been uh, trying to convince my girlfriend that she would like the favorite, and she absolutely hated the lobster, and hated the tone, and didn't latch onto it. Which I get if it's if you don't hit it, then it's it's kind of the same thing happening a lot. And I have to be like, look, it's different. You just can't. It's different just...
2: enough. It's different enough that she actually. Might I'm like, it's,
1: like it's there's well, no violence. What threw
0: me in the yeah. favorite. And maybe it works, great. Maybe it's a little less distracting if you see it at home, but. My wife and I saw The Favorite in the theater and um, the the Beastie Boys fisheye lens use I, I found very sure. uh, very very off putting. Yeah, um, I, I really kind of expected Emma Stone to show up in a tracksuit with like a four knuckle <laughs> ring and just you know suddenly do yeah. very very simply cadenced rhymes at me. Um, again, I, all
1: this. I'm doing is just showing my age. They had I'm just seven scenes directed my by age Spike Jones, you. and they just brought Spike Jones in to do a little bit of it. It's actually a four. It's a skateboarding music video in the middle. Of it. For a little while, well, it it just really it it was interesting, like how i
0: i how much I rejected the use of contemporary.
2: Well, there's like there's music, like some of the soundtrack also is like contemporary, so it is like sort of like I I get that it's a stylistic choice. I don't know that I buy that it was a, a. Justifiable stylistic choice.
0: It, you know, it felt like it was all pulled together for Marie Antoinette. When Susie and the Banshees shows up on the yeah. soundtrack of Marie Antoinette, I yeah. was in. I was like, okay, great. She's a, yeah. you know, she's a a, a, a snotty privileged teenager who is kind of out of her element, and Mm -hmm. uh, let's listen to early 80s New Wave. And if she wants to put Converse on, I'm going to let that slide. (laughs) But for whatever reason, the music and the photography and the favorite bumped me, and I, I, I wasn't able to go along with it the way Maria Antoinette um, I'm trying, it sounds like I'm trying to be conciliatory towards Sofia
1: Coppola having pissed <laughs> her for a half an hour ago. <laughs> <shading
2: away>.
1: <laughs> right, well she already turned it off though because we had an ad As and soon she never she listened heard through the ad, Sofia ads.
2: Coppola's a liability she was like, okay.
0: Yeah, she probably didn't stick around for it. Oh. <laughs> uh. You know, I'll but the f- other thing about one, one more thing, let me say <laughs> one quick fucking thing about Sophia Coppola in Godfather 3 is that she replaced at the absolute last minute Winona Ryder, who I refuse to believe would have been a vast improvement. I, I got to say, I don't think Winona is great for that part either. I don't know who plays that part. It's a very specific role. Um, a ton of uh, of the third act hinges on her being this incredibly enticing, fascinating person. Um the character asks a lot of other characters, and I don't know that when like early 20s Winona had that either. Um all right, I'm done. I
2: haven't seen I haven't seen the third one, but now I'm actually now I'm really, really curious. It's I Yeah.
1: Maybe I'll watch only the third, only one, the third one. Maybe Just I'll be that guy. Don't, don't guy do that. Maybe I'm the guy who only don't sees don't the Godfather three. So then you I'm like I'm at a party it. and someone's like, have you seen the Godfather? I'm like I chuck tra- three? Are you guys talking about Godfather 3 or one of the others? What were the other That's like called? an interesting like, perso-
2: a personality type of someone who only ever watches the third movie in a, tr- right. in a trilogy.
1: That <laughs> I, Tokyo
0: I Drift? Be- i'm into that i'm into that actually i think that should be you should do that and then in fact yes base your entire no i never saw the squeak i only saw
1: when the chipmunks went on vacation i don't know what the third is it called the three cool i I have no idea what the third album and the chipmunks is called i don't Uh, know what the third one. i i i because it
0: deviates so far from the book that i never
1: (laughs) right it almost made me regret my tattoo I, uh, 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 so I had pulled So we'll bookend this with some ghost stuff for everyone listening. About you have, here's people who were, uh, originally asked to play the role of Sam Wheat before it eventually went to Patrick Sam. Swayze. Sam! His name um, is not Patrick Swayze. He's Sam. <laughs> wouldn't it have been crazy if the role of Patrick Swayze went to Kevin Bacon? It, uh,. <laughs> So he, he must have been a, on the list. He was on every list. At he that was time. on the list. It had some of the usual suspects for then, which are Kevin Bacon, Tom Cruise, and Michael J. Fox. Those were three people that it went for. As also Harrison Ford, Paul Hogan, Tom Hanks, which is impossible to picture, and no. I haven't seen the movie because I no, can't picture him being sense. stronger than someone. Right. See, what's that? I can't picture him like being Strong or like more muscular than someone, and oh, I know this has that like sex pottery scene that I just can't fathom. No, like uh, that.
2: I feel like so much of that role uh, hinges on the guns. Like you got to have like a, amazing arms. That's like the all. Yeah. Right? right?
1: Yeah, I think Rebecca's right. Yeah, and uh, uh, so that's Paul it. Hogan, Paul Hogan as well, and
2: Who's Alec Baldwin.
0: Those were Paul Hogan is of, Crocodile uh, Dundee. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Crocodile I could honestly Dundee,
0: which by Paul the way, Hogan, speaking I could honestly of- see. But speaking of crazy nominations, Crocodile Dundee nominated for best original screenplay did not win. Oh. This is uh this is like 4 years prior I think. But he didn't right. do much else. He never acted without his accent. He was only ever
1: Australian and and anything. Yeah, I don't know, that's a weird choice. This oh. is wild. This got nominated for a lot of uh various awards, but that was the only Academy Award. That he also helped write the movie. There you go. Maybe he had to add in the, the dialect. Other than that, there's not a ton of really uh, uh, interesting facts about Ghost. <laughs> I wanted there to be, but there really isn't. Um, who, who else uh, was up for Demi Moore's part? That that they don't uh, uh, have. No. Oh, no, here we go. Michelle Pfeiffer, Molly Ringwald, Meg Ryan, Julie no, Roberts, not. Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Um, the role was Molly Jensen. And then Tina Turner and Oprah Winfrey auditioned for the role of Oda Mae Brown. Very, interesting. Very interesting. Which
2: Sometimes is, when you I know, read it's, these it's things... It's before we
0: were... It's not the first instance of this trope, but it was before we were calling out the magical Negro.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Um, uh, but it is very much in that. Um, and there's right. also a, a, like an extra ick factor because she's... Uh, isn't she like sort of like a con artist and that turns out she yeah. actually is psychic. Isn't that yeah. like the, is that the,
2: you know, a lot about this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I swear to God,
1: I've never seen it. I swear to God. I've never I think seen that it. one of my favorite parts about the background and production of movies is the seriousness with which people tend to say they came up with the ideas for the movies. This um, is talking about the creation of the movie. Uh, and I think this is a producer or the writer. It just says one day I was watching a production of Hamlet and it begins with the ghost of Hamlet's father saying, revenge is my death. And I thought, wow, let's transpose that into a 20th century. And then, and the idea hit me. Like, I don't know yeah, if but this that's, is. But this
2: movie, this this movie doesn't share like, any beats with Hamlet, as far as I know.
1: <laughs> well, there's it's the like part where a Scar like six throws months him off of the Pride right. Rock.
2: Right, right.
1: Absolutely wild. But maybe, you know, I don't know. Probably won't. Uh, maybe I'll see it. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? This is one of the two movies from the 1991 Academy Awards that turned into an entire episode of Community, so that's good for it. Um, oh, is there, a com- is there an episode of Community based on Ghost? There's an episode of Community where Joel McHale's character takes a pottery class because the girls are hot in it, and then he tries to uh, like get dress. good at pottery to beat a guy at who unironically likes pottery, but there's like a class rule where you're not allowed to reenact the ghost scene and they end up doing it. And that's like breaking the one rule in the class. Interesting. I have not seen that episode of Community either. Which I would imagine if you run a
0: pottery class. I think that's a law you gotta lay down. (laughs) You have to sign (laughs) a a waiver when
2: you sign up for the class.
0: Or maybe you encourage it, but you need to make it very clear at the top, whether this is going to be a a ghost or a ghost free pottery class. Which cause... would
1: affect, the, I think, the cost and the clientele. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Cost. Yeah, it
0: should be, it yeah. should be on the website before you even sign up. It should be like <laughs> your uh, your your accept all cookies thing, and then the next thing is like, are you cool if those somebody comes those. up behind you and touches your
1: arms while Click you're on, on all the, the images thing. of ghosts, and you're just hmm. trying to like figure out the captcha code. What's up, folks? Uh, taking an ad out on my own podcast just so I can let you know about, uh, once again, these upcoming dates I have for my hard-to-say show. March 22nd, I'm in Denver. March 24th, I'm in Boulder, Colorado. And March 27th, Fort Collins, Colorado. If you're there, if you know anyone there, it would mean the world to me if you let people know about this. Uh, I'm going to be doing more shows as well. Seattle, Portland, Santa Cruz, Bay Area, look out for that. But if, if you could please let people know the 22nd, 24th and 27th i'm going to be in denver boulder and fort collins doing comedy about my experience living with trigeminal neuralgia uh aka suicide disease this is a show i've been working out uh for a while that that has been extremely fulfilling and uh wonderful uh you know despite not being good feeling physically um you know, I know I harp about it a lot, and all this stuff going on with my medical situation. This has been sort of my coping and my reason for continuing. So I have, uh, uh, I'm excited to finally do it somewhere else other than Los Angeles. So please, if you're in Denver, Boulder, Fort Collins, go to kyleayers.com/shows. K-Y-L-E-A-Y-E-R-S.com slash shows. Uh, I have a mailing list you can sign up for there as well. It'll let you know when I'm in your area. That's the best stuff you could do to possibly support me, would be that sort of thing there. Thank you very much. Um I hope this was a I hope I uploaded this ad properly to my own show. Okay, let's real quick. We're gonna play a couple games real quick and then we're gonna get out of here. This first game is called Before get and Afters. Ready to play. Before and afters. If we don't play the games, then I recorded that entire track of the soundboard for no reason, so we have to play them. How this game works is two movies have been smushed together into one movie. I will tell you the smushed together plot. You have to tell me the smushed together title. Uh, So, for instance, The Wolf of Wally Street could be a movie about a robot that shorts penny stocks. There's things like Saving Private Silverman, Fa-Argo, all over the place... Not well put together, but I think we get the idea, right? Does okay. this make sense? Right.
0: Okay, I think so. Yeah. Feel
1: free to work together or um, just yell them out on your own if you want to win. Here we go. Number okay. one, we only have two. Number one, troubled by the fact that he has little access to his children, a divorced man hatches a plan to dress up as an old British woman and infiltrate the children's Catholic school where he crusades against a priest.
2: Oh, it's Mrs. Doubt. Fire,
1: Mrs. Doubt. Comma fire, yeah. Mrs. Doubt, comma fire is correct. Um, (laughs) Okay, okay. my board is letting me know I only have one hour and 40 minutes left on the SD card. I think that will be okay. Um, Just for everyone listening, we don't go that long. All right, here we go. Number two, two cops go undercover as high school students to foil a drug trade ring where people can instantly transport themselves any place they imagine. 21 21 jump. jump? Street? Wasn't it just, wasn't that movie called just, oh,
0: 21 Jumper Street. Jumper, 21 yeah, Jumper, Jumper Street. Yes. We're looking for 21, 21 Jumper Street.
2: Jumper Street.
1: Nice. Um, wow. I almost gave myself a nosebleed pulling that one out. That's... Jump,
2: right? Jumper. Okay.
1: Yeah. Then he just jump. had a small stroke on air. Didn't play on the podcast. We didn't love it. <laughs> Subscribe wow. to the Patreon for the video. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) You know, and this is
0: why my wife gets so frustrated with me, is that I can pull a title-like jumper out of my head, but God forbid I remember that our daughter had a pediatrician's appointment on Monday. Like, My wife has such a legitimate fucking beef with me. Oh,
1: that's uh, both medical-related as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Um, yeah. All right, last game we're going to play. Second game we're going to play. This game is called Guess What Movie Kyle's Dad Is Describing. Having only watched a trailer and never having heard of the movie, The Game... trailer. Kyle's dad is describing okay. having only watched trailer okay. and never okay. having heard oh, wow. of the movie game. How this game works is my dad, who has not been to a movie theater since the original Space Jam, which I now have to preface with original. My dad hasn't been to a movie theater in about 26 years now. He describes a trailer to a movie from any time. You have to guess what movie that trailer is for. Um, are you guys ready? Here we go.
0: okay oh okay i know this guy a lot of movies seem to happen in the woods okay so this guy shows up and accuses the famous guy of stealing from him he is very mad about someone stealing from him
2: even though he talks
0: so calm they're fighting His cabin is on fire, and I'm worried someone got killed in that Jeep. The pirate guy keeps talking about the ending.
1: And then I guess he just walks away from my mom's phone. The pirate guy. Is that Johnny Depp?
2: Yeah. Is it that movie? It's that movie where he's like that writer and he goes off into this like cabin in the woods. What the fuck is that movie called? Until I
0: heard Jeep, I thought he might have been the Revenant. And it's, then he said Jeep and pirate guy and and, and completely fucked me up.
2: It's called... <laughs> what is it called? I'll it's tell you, it's, like, not it's not the it's not Ninth like, Gate. It's what?
1: It's not the Ninth Gate.
2: No, no, no. It's not the Ninth Gate. It's like called... Not like the light... It's not the lighthouse. It's not like the wind. Window. It's like something like.
0: Light in the Window. It like, has the title like that.
2: Right? Right? It's like. It's almost
1: exactly like that. The
2: Lake House? Light no. in the Attic. No. The Light no. Me.
1: That's shell Silverstein, I think.
2: Right, right, right.
1: Where the Sidewalk Ends. <laughs> <laughs> Where the Attic Ends. <laughs> the Giving Tree, starring Johnny Depp. <laughs> you know it all right you ready secret
2: window secret window secret window, secret window. that
1: is correct oh my Great god Great job, Rebecca. Back. it's like
2: the, it's like the light in the window the window the window in the building like I like <laughs> beautifully done
0: beautifully beautifully done and honored to share the stage with you madam
1: wow um,
2: likewise well,
1: that is it for us thank you everybody for listening uh uh john thank you for having never seen ghost anytime i didn't ask if you'd seen a ghost <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. That is a whole yeah, other podcast. That you can check out uh, that's Ghosted actually with Ross Dresfiles on, on Starburns on Audio. Starburns Audio. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for having ever seen ghosted. Company, please, girls, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> I got I just made two dollars <laughs> <laughs> and eight cents. Uh, I'm Venmo requesting uh, a guy, I'm Venmo requesting Dan Harmon for two dollars. Um, please let everyone know where to find you and and what they may want to check out. Uh, I am at John Ross
0: Bowie uh, on Instagram. My new podcast is called Household Faces. I interview character actors. We talk for about an hour about their work. And uh, we uh, we we it's a nice combination of uh, the craft of acting and some juicy gossip. Um, and uh, it's out on the uh, Forever Dog uh, podcast network. And um yeah, we got some uh, amazing guests coming up. Xander Berkeley, Marilyn
1: Ricegub, uh, Amy Hill, a lot of fun people coming down the pike.
2: That sounds Great. really cool. <laughs>
1: that does sound very cool. As a uh, comedian, almost all of my favorite performances, not all, but you know what I mean? It, it falls right into the wheelhouse of people who I really like watching perform. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And that is it for us. I hope you have a wonderful day. That is it for John Ross Bowie. He has never seen Ghost. That was some. I had a wonderful time talking about all these movies in that weird time. But that's basically my biggest blind spot is, you know, that late 80s, early 90s sort of stuff. Uh, but thank you for listening. Please check out John Ross Bowie's podcast, Household Faces, with John Ross Bowie, where he talks to character actors uh, about everything Hollywood and, and their careers. And please find me online at Kyle Ayers, K-Y-L-E-A-Y-E-R-S. I'm going to be announcing and getting all these ticket links for these tour dates out soon. Not get a lot of tickets for any of these because we're distancing and stuff. So please, I would love podcast fans to come out. That nothing really makes me feel better than that. Find those at Kyle Ayers on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Never Seen It Show on Instagram and Twitter as well. And that is it for us. Thank you so much. Please uh, have a wonderful day.
2: Avenue. A, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.